And I spread a song so you can sing along With my special guest star or two You like to sing and dance And this podcast by chance Explores musicals for you Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Life's But a Song, a podcast that likes to live in the land of musicals. I'm your host, John, and with me today, a special guest who was on for Bed Knobs and Broomsticks. Hey. Who promised to come on and do Babes in Toilet. Oh my God. If you thought I love Bed Knobs and Broomsticks. <laughs> oh boy. Oh boy. I'm We're going gonna- to talk a lot about this movie yeah. <laughs> yeah. so babes in toyland oh my god joy came out in 1961 uh-huh screenplay god damn it there's so many names i'm gonna have to say <laughs> with the screenplay by ward kimball mm-hmm. welcome back oh uh, yeah joe rinaldi and lowell s howley uh it's based off of the operetta by victor herbert and Glenn McDonough with a libretto by Anna Alice Chapin. Chapin? Chapin? Looks like Chapin. 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 Music by Victor Herbert, which was adapted for the movie by George Burns. Uh, Bruns. Damn it. I know. It looks like George Burns. Damn it. It's George Bruns. I know. I thought it was George Burns the first few times I read it too. Oh, (laughs) Brun. I should have I should have read this before <laughs> I did this. Okay. Lyrics by Mel Levin, uh-huh. and it's directed by Jack Donahue. And fuck, IMDb, why did you write so much? It's a it's a complicated story. There's a lot that happens. It's um, almost like Into the Woods. According to IMDb, buckle up, guys, because this is a fairy tale in and of itself. <laughs> Tom the Piper's son is about to marry Mary Quite Contrary. On the eve of their wedding, evil miser Barnaby hires two henchmen to drown Tom and steal Mary's sheep, cared for by little Bo Peep, thus depraving Mary and the children she lives with of their livelihood, forcing her to marry Barnaby. The sheep are stolen, but... Gonzorgo and Rodrigo, Barnaby's henchmen, double-cross him by selling Tom to a band of gypsies instead, leaving Tom with the opportunity to escape and make his way with Mary Bo Peep and other Mother Goose characters in Toyland. My God, I need a stiff drink after drink after reading that one. <laughs> I have one. So. Okay, good. <laughs> okay, good. Like our last episode, this movie is also only like a little under two hours. Yeah, yeah. But a lot happens. A lot happens. This this was Disney's first live action uh, musical. Fully live action one, Fully yes. Live action. I, I, I didn't know that until we started working on this. I think that's fascinating. Neither did I. Damn it, you're stealing my trivia, <laughs> goddammit. <laughs> okay, I, I, won't, I, won't, I won't take your thunder away. That's again. fine. That's what we're here for. We're here to just <laughs> chat and talk about musicals. Whatever. I have 17 songs okay. in this one. Okay, there are a lot of songs. There's a lot of songs. I gotta say, I know that was a qualm I had with Bed Nubs and Broomstick that there weren't a lot of songs. This one, I was just like, 
Lousy. Is that enough? Lousy. Enough. Yeah. Although <laughs> I got to Forest of No Return, you know, well, when the trees come to life, that's the halfway point. <laughs> it is. Yeah. I, 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 I ran my, my mouse over my player. I was like, is this like the end? Because this is my first time seeing this version yeah. of it. Oh, wow. That's, yeah. exciting. that's exciting. Well, okay. Little backstory. You've okay. got the operetta, right? Babes in Toyland. Yeah, which I've done. You've done it? I've done it. Yeah. I did it at Avery Fisher Hall uh, years and years ago. Who'd you and play? In their version, they uh, I, I played like a wizard. They do all the, the Victor Herbert music, but they change the book around a touch. Well, because the original 1903 Victor Herbert operetta was very dark, full of murder and deaths. Love it. And it had two characters not seen in this movie at all, Alan and Jane. Yes, those characters are in the version that I did. And then wait, you... no, wait, no, sorry, sorry, no. Alan, Alan was there. No, no, Jane. Alan was like the toy maker's assistant in our version. Interesting. Yeah, or he was a toy maker. I can't remember. And then um, I, I locked this production under my head. And then there are elements that are that they kept that Disney kept, like Gonzorgo and Rodrigo. But they're actually sailors mm-hmm. who are also hired by Barnaby. And then I think it's still Mary Quite Contrary that Barnaby is trying to bone. Correct. But in 1975, the operetta was tamed down by Light Opera of Manhattan. Okay. And they streamlined it a little more. I think because of this version, they were like, ooh, let's make it a little more kid friendly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, the, the version I did was definitely geared towards the kids. It, it, was, it was done, we, we did like a matinee, uh, a couple, a few matinees, uh, you know, at Avery Fisher for, for a lot of kids. But the version of Babes in Toyland that I know is also known as March of the Wooden Soldiers. The Laurel and Hardy one? The Laurel and Hardy one, yes. It's, again, vastly different from the source material very, like very the different. Disney movie is. It only has six musical numbers in it, and it, Bo Peep is the main character. Yeah. And Tom Tom. And, and then it's different, very different from the Keanu Reeves. Uh, yes. Drew Barrymore wanted the, the, there were four TV versions. Yes. 1950 had a new villain, Dr. Electron. Uh-huh. 1954. And then in 55, it was restaged, starring Barbara Cook. And then 1960. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't know that yeah. one. Yeah, and then 1960, it starred Shirley Temple as Floretta. How old was Shirley Temple by that point? Oh, probably she must have been in her 40s, 30s, 40s. Is she in her? That means she's in her 90s. Yeah. Or is she dead? I don't know. I she was mayor, she was mayor of, of some town. I don't know. If she she may be dead. She maybe. Are we looking it up? Temple. I'm looking it up. Okay. Vamp. Vamp, uh, yeah, I, 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 I think Shirley Temple might not be alive. I, I vaguely remember her dying, vaguely. She, she was in the, is forty then. She's definitely ninety now. Well, yeah. So she was born in twenty eight and died in twenty fourteen. Okay, I knew, I knew it wasn't. It, it was recent too. Yeah. So, if this was in the sixties, she was, uh, yeah, she was in her thirties when she cool. did this. That's kind of cool. It was part of her show, the Shirley Temple show, and it omits a lot of the nursery rhyme characters. Okay. 
but they kept the Alan and Jane shit. <laughs> yeah, that's inter- an interesting change in the script. But whatever, yeah. I'm here yeah. for it. But like I said, I knew the Laurel and I know the Laurel and Hardy one. That was the one that I grew up with. Okay. And I didn't realize all of this. So mm-hmm. thank you for making me do this research. <laughs> That's what I'm here for. But this movie stars two Mouseketeers. Was Tommy Sands also a Mouseketeer? Tommy Kirk, Grumio, the toy maker's assistant. Oh, that's so, you know, I know him so much from like the other movies, like the, I think he did Flubber. Did he do Flubber too? Sure. Probably sure. (laughs) Um, I know him from the movies, but I I knew I knew his face prior to that, but you're right. He was, he is a musketeer. And then obviously Annette Funicello. Who's the queen of the Uh, queen, queen of Disney. Yeah. But they were on at the same time. I don't think I realized that. Yep, they, they, they're part of the inaugural cast of... I wonder Tommy was in so many films. And then there was the character Boy Blue is played by Kevin Corcoran, who guested on an episode of the Mickey Mouse Club. Yeah, so he also, he's also done a few films, a few other films. Oh, he's yeah. Like, they, someone's brother, because he looks like someone else. There was another Corcoran in this movie that I forgot who it was, but he was not part of the club at all. Okay. Okay. It, but I was just, I, I went through and I was very intrigued because like, obviously you have the Mouseketeers and I was like, oh, I wonder if anyone else was on this. And then, like I said, I knew the Laurel and Hardy yeah. version where Laurel was the big guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So then seeing Henry Calvin and Gene Sheldon as Barnaby's assistants, I was like, oh, they clearly cast that because... Yeah, they, I don't they, know if that was how it's written in the operetta, but it works so well because this this production is so vaudeville. It's like yes. vaudeville start. You have Mother Goose. I mean, you have a to have ventriloquist be your narrator, kind of in a way, because she she isn't really telling the story. Well, Sylvester isn't really telling the story, but they interject every so often. And do you know who voiced that? Sylvester. Who voiced Sylvester, yeah. Jack Donahue, the director. That's so cool. I didn't know that actually. Mm. That one, okay, I went and I, I did I did a deep, 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 deep dive. I went and I watched a special that they made for Babe in Toyland, a backstage story. It's on YouTube. It's like an hour long. I just for I, this I, movie. Yeah, I watched it this morning, and Jack Jack has an interaction with with Sylvester that which makes it really funny. I didn't realize that. Yeah, it, it, he's uncredited. So wow. Jack, he, he was a, a a decent Broadway director. He did, he did Mr. Wonderful, which was a, Sammy, a vehicle for Sammy Davis Jr. And he did, uh, hold on, let me look at look my notes. Um, and he did Top Banana. I don't know that one at I all. No, either. I know Mr. Wonderful, but Top Banana, I didn't know. To get back to Henry Calvin and Gene Sheldon, they Sorry, were... Big tangent. <laughs> no, it's fine. We're, we're, you've been on this show. You know that this is all about tangents. Whatever. <laughs> They were on a Disney show together called Zorro. I love Zorro. Where I know the faces from. Where Calvin played the hokey villain, I think, or the one that tried to foil Zorro. And Sheldon also played a mute character because he was a mime. I have to go back and watch this now. I love Zorro. I I watched it in the mornings. It was on on Disney. But not going to lie, you picked this again you did this to me i did this to you um can we talk about the, my favorite ha- casting that i didn't realize till this morning who was in the show who and jillian 
is Bo Peep. I lost my mind when I realized that. Who is that again? And Jillian, did you see the live action um, Alice in Wonderland? With Carol Channing? Correct. Jam tomorrow, jam yesterday. Yeah, yeah. and Jillian plays the Red Queen. Oh, interesting. That's the little Bo Peep. Uh, yeah, she also like, was in. She was Dainty June in the in Gypsy, the one with Ethel Merman. I, I believe it was the no. I think it was it was film. Uh, don't, someone posted on my. I, I made I made a, a, a status about it, and someone reminded me. I don't remember which one it was. I think it was the movie version. That's the Ethel Merman one. The movie. She was in the first movie. I thought Ethel, Gypsy. No, it was Re- Rosalind Russell. Rosalind Russell. Yeah. Why did I think it was Ethel? Because probably idea. Ethel played it at some point. Yeah, but, but Ethel originated Gypsy, but she, but but Rosalind Russell did the. Play. Rosalind Russell, my bad. I'm sorry. Okay, it's okay. Um, but Angelian, I'm actually watching Angelian in a show uh, called It's a Living right now, which is a fantastic little like eighty early eighties show that I, I, I'm actually falling in love with. <laughs> well, this movie also had Best Flowers in it, who is the queen of the Hollywood extras. What? Yes. Which which one is she? Do, she's she... an uncredited villager. She's always uh, she's always uncredited, but according to IMDb. They credit her to 943 titles. She made a living. She made a living. And she's uncredited in a lot of them. But like between like, I want to say like 1920 to 1960, she was a busy, busy extra. Wow. Wow. Yes. That's that's a, I mean, why why not? Back then uh, movies were booming. They're making so many of them. Yeah, so she's all all over the place. I would, if you have like an hour to spare one day, I mm-hmm. would say just look into Best Flowers. I will find her movies. That'd be a fun, like, that's like a Where's Waldo type of a game that you can play with yourself. <laughs> yeah, just to be like, you were in that movie too? You were yeah. in this one? So you picked this one again. You I did this. It. I love it. I love this movie so much. And you said the same thing with Bed Knobs and Boomsticks that you loved it. Yeah. I'm going to give you a Sophie's Choice moment. Which one do you love more? This. Really? Yeah. I love Babies in Lens so much. Like watching, I watched it a couple times this week. <laughs> uh, because I love it so much. It's so good. It, 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 makes you real, it makes you realize, watching this movie made me realize why I fell in love with things I, 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 fall, I love today. I love slapstick. I love good classic comedy i love that like like putting weird characters in these type of stories i love vaudeville and all of that is in this it's so good it's so good it's campy but it's not but it is i feel like (laughs) it's camp light it's It's camp yeah it's more vaudeville it's it it really like i the thing i loved about this most and why i noticed watching it this weekend was how each scene also sets up the next scene like it's it it keeps going it's really brilliant the way the way that it's done yeah this is another adventure one like yeah quest quest film quest, if yeah. you will this quest and there's two quests there's three quests each each there's each so story many has, quests in this one for barnaby's search for the dowry Tom and Mary's uh, quest to be married. And then, of course, the inevitable 
quest for the for the sheep, which turned into which turns into Toyland Adventure. It's 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 so good. It's it's all these little fun twists and turns that I love. And then you also have Edwin coming back oh into my the fold. God. I didn't realize how many that he just done like films and like did. I need to find these these works where he did he did um, straight straight acting because I I only know him for like the wild. You know, I know him as the voice of the 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 um, uh, Matt Hatter. Thank you. Uh, I know him from this. I know him from um, Mary Poppins. I just know him as this wild creature. But apparently, he's done straight work. I want. I want. I'm curious. Did he have the same voice that too uh, when he was doing this? Oh, you know what? I did see him in. in, in he did do a um, a Twilight Zone. Really? Yeah, he did do a Twilight Zone. I remember that. Ooh, I will have so, to look into that one because yeah. I love the Twilight Zone too. So many people were on Twilight Zone. I mean, uh, Endora, what was her name? Um, uh, Agnes Moorhead did like, I think she did two of them. And you have William Shatner famously doing uh, Terror at 30,000 feet or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. Something on the wing. Some thing. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so you were in this at one point in your life or a version of it. If I tell you like titles, you would understand what I'm like country dance and military ball. Do you that, know those songs? That was not in the version that I did. That was not in the version you did. Okay. <laughs> On the Babes and Trailer Wikipedia page. <laughs> <laughs> when you look at the songs, they give you they give you notes as to what George Bruns see I Thank said you. it right this time. What he did for the movie where it seems like he took elements from the original songs, obviously reworked reworked the lyrics to make them tamer, but then yeah. like mashed a few of them together yeah. to create new songs. Yeah. So like Country Dance and Military Ball make up Mother Goose Village and Lemonade, which... Can we talk about the opening sequence? Though? The what? Can we talk about the opening sequence at some point? Let's talk about the opening sequence right now I, since I mentioned yeah. it. I'm obsessed with it. I, I, I watched it. I watched it right before we began uh, recording this. Uh, it's so good. <laughs> it's just, it's just, I, I'm gonna, uh, I, there's no way to describe it by saying, but saying it's an assault on the eyes with all the color. It's so pattern. bright. It reminds me of what, what, the reason I love, did you see um, uh, the last re- revival of um, Hello Dolly? No, but I, I know that type of, style of musical theater that you're talking about yeah when they did um put on your sunday best put on sunday clothes that color scheme reminded me of this film but like this one it was just all the colors yeah yeah as many prints and patterns that you can have on i was just like it's too much it's it's (laughs) a lot come on roberto cavalli we learned anything from him that you can never have too much color my 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 eyes went cross for a second, and then Annette Funicello came out, and what the fuck was going on with her hair? I mean, I, I know that was a style, but I was just like, "Is it funny that our teen idols looked like that?" <laughs> it's interesting. It's interesting. Well, was that her signature style, or was that? So, uh, yeah, yeah. Because then she went on to do you know the the beach beach business, and but I don't think it was as big and <laughs> she had an awkward I, I don't know I don't know if she shouldn't have had a bang or 
if it was too big, like too like drag queen big, but I was just watching it. I was like, it was very big. And then and then uh what there was a couple of scenes with her co- the way that her costume was tailored to her made me think of that uh line in Greece. No one's <laughs> breasts are bigger than Annette's. Because <laughs> they're referencing her, so obviously, or yeah. so, no one's tits are bigger than a net, something she like that. She was a comic. She was so like, were her tits. Yeah. Like, <laughs> 50s. And I didn't realize that she was an alto. Would we uh, would we call her an alto? I would say alto. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't realize she was that was her. I thought she was surprised, like not knowing her work at all. She she seems to well she she seems to be more of a dancer than a a singer anyway. She talked about how how that she prefer that she this is the last movie she danced in. Really, um, she was what she's like. This is the last film I did before I was just doing the Watutsi in every film I did. <laughs> That's a paraphrase. I don't know exactly what the phrase was, but but because um, is there their song just a whisper away? Yeah, that one, the one? The, that just whisper away, and they have just a toy. Those are their two, the two ingenue songs. Yeah, well, the first one, just to whisper away, when that happens, you know, Tom is singing and he's tenory and all that. And then she comes in with her cool alto voice. And I was like, what yeah. is this? <laughs> I think they even went lower. I, I, I feel my heart. I have to listen to it again that they, that they, uh, they transposed, the, the music went down the touch. Ooh. Oh. Oh, oh, maybe not. She just sings it lower. Yeah, I don't, maybe it doesn't. And then when it gets to Castle in Spain, oh, that song goes on forever. It's so good. <laughs> I do, same issue I had with Ben Ebbs and Broomsticks. You could have cut like the dance yeah, it, out of that one. It wouldn't have because you had an icon in that in that film. You gotta get. You had to give him something. Yeah, but like he didn't. That dance went on for fucking ever. It did with tricks, with, with and then a bull sound and everything. And I was just like, guys, it's guys. so Disney. Like that bull was so. Actually, I rewound that a couple times to figure out how they did it. It's so, it's such like lovely Disney magic. That and the fountain. And the fountain. That fountain. I was like, okay. The fountain part was funny, but other than that, I was just like, guys. Well, it's uh, you know this is the only villain that Ray Bolger ever played, which I find very interesting. Uh, but it's I think it's the most appropriate because there's so many comic elements to it that it makes sense. Pussyfooting. Oh, I love pussyfooting. He got <laughs> someone paid him money to say let's pussyfoot and then oh. walk around like that. I love it. Disney paid him money to do that. <laughs> <laughs> that oh my god <laughs> yeah that is an icon right there i know i know we're supposed to be fawning over annette Funicello, but the three of them pussyfooting around i was dying the whole time <laughs> it's so good i also really liked uh slowly he sank to the bottom of the sea so funny and again i've watched it a few a lot of times and i rewound it again this time to figure out how they do that sinking how they do the the um the 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 false bottom i don't know how they do it i really don't i feel like it's something simple as 
obviously was a hole there and he went into a tank or of some kind. And then when Henry pulled him up, they slid a piece of wood underneath it. So this way, when Henry stepped on it, he didn't fall into the hole. It looked different. It looked like it was an elevator, but we all know that. I mean, I don't know if that, that type of technology existed back then to, to have that elevator underwater. They were, there, was, there was a lot that was going on in this movie that was very technological, especially when they, go, when they get shrunk down. Amazing. I don't know how they did it. Oh, uh, blue screens, obviously. Oh, yeah? Did they blue have that screens and then, some, well, yeah, because, oh, wait, no. I don't think they had blue screens until like the 70s. No, because they had it for Mary Poppins. I know that. Yeah, okay. So maybe, they, well, this is 1961. This Mary is Poppins before Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins, like 64, 1965? So, yeah. Yeah. But obviously it's Disney and they always had all the money in the world. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. So they must have done something or they played with forced perspective. That, that's, that probably more, is more likely. Because but, when, they, when, when Barnaby is holding the toy maker, I mean, that's, that's, that's pretty damn good. Or maybe they overlaid it, especially in the scene in the reaction shots from Edwin and Annette Funicello during the fight at the end. Okay. Like they had a, they had a shot of Annette and they framed her just right. And then they overlaid the shot of Edwin on the pedestal under the book. Yeah, you're right. They probably did that. That makes sense. But I'm not, I'm not a techno geek. I just love it. I'm sure, I'm sure the engineers uh, could give us all the, all the hints. We should get, we should get, we should talk about another Disney film and get an engineer on, on, on the line and see, and see if they have any. Uh, oh, Jesus. <laughs> I, I have access to one. You have access to one? Yeah. Ooh. You know what? Maybe if you can get a sound bite from him and it'll be entered here. Okay. All right. Hello everyone, future John back on the podcast. It's been a while. Did you miss me? After reaching out to friends, Jason and I have come to the conclusion that no one really knows how these tricks were done. So for the water trick, we think we're right with the elevator and a trapdoor of sorts. For the shrinkage at the end of the movie... Who knows? There could be a there's a plethora of answers for that one. But I'm pretty sure forced perspective is one of them. Alright, back to the discussion. Wow, that was so amazing. <laughs> let, 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 I'll see what I can do. I'll see what I can do. Um let's uh get back to music okay. though. Floretta, the weirdest song I've seen to date. It's such a it's such a tool. It's such a it's such a lovely comedic tool. But it, like, why did he do that? He didn't have to. He did. It creates drama. Because it was the most dramatic way. I mean, because if we just found out that he was sold to the gypsies and that he wasn't dead and he just walked out and said, Hey guys, that's not exciting. He put on a whole act, he put on a whole nose. He put on uh, a whole nose and a costume. costume. And then especially there's that one shot where you could see his hairy forearm. No oh, one missed, questioned it. I missed that. I was, I was focused on the nose because I'm always amazed that because we see him put it on and we see, we see the fakeness of it. And then when he comes out, you know, you know put on nicely. And, and Disney money. 
Disney money. We don't we don't see the 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 strings in that in, when he's out there. Oh, the Disney love the reveal. Uh, that's All something. Like the... go on. But yeah, and then with the re- when the reveal happens, it seems too long because he's he says some. You probably know the lyrics better than I do because you've seen this millions of times. Because he says that he's not Floretta, that I am Tom, something like that at the end of the song. Something, something, something. something. Please try to to stay calm. Goodbye to Floretta and hello to Tom. Yeah, so there's a long pause before he says hello to Tom. Part of me wished that it was a little little faster. You know, it was... It wasn't a pause, it was retired. Well, instead, instead of that, it was... Goodbye to Floretta. Hello to rip everything off, Tom. Musical that would have been a little. That would have been more dramatic for in my in my honest and humble okay. opinion. Okay. Again, that 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 sequence is also something I would rehearse in my mother's bedroom. Yeah, last okay. night too, right? Last night too. I reenacted a lot of Disney films in in, in my mother's bedroom. <laughs> last night. Um, but the, uh, I'm ah uh, ah. Uh, Ah, this movie. I'm so happy that you made me watch this. It's so good. It's I, amazing. I laughed. I felt seen, especially with I Can't Do the Sum. Oh my God. Isn't it amazing? Again, I think I think that, that scene was uh, Walt. Oh, sorry. Uh, I'm going to look his name up uh, in a second. Um, Roy? Uh, Ward Kimball. Oh, Ward. Welcome I back, think- Ward. I feel like Ward is was was responsible for that, although he's only credited in this film for the March of the Soldiers. That's what he directed. Ah, uh, I, like, I feel like he also did that because it feels like Bedknobs and Broomstick, the LSD trip that that they did. Yeah, it felt like. I also read something though that he was originally going to be the director, and he was correct calling things as if he was the director but nothing was set in stone yeah and then they're like you're not really the director haha well again he's a part of the disney old old uh hold on. this this is where my notes are so uh uh where is it okay ward kimball was part of the disney nine old men meaning they were disney's core animators he only directed the toy soldier sequence that was my note on, on, on interesting ward. yeah that sequence also felt a little too long, in my honest and humble opinion. Okay, but I still really like this movie. <laughs> it's, it, it, it's so fun. It's so, uh, it's so Disney. It, it's pure and delightful. I, 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 I love it. Yeah, and everything like that whole, the whole opening sequence. That dance was beautiful. The Floretta dancing. Well, is Floretta technically the song or is it even the little intro before the song? Yeah, the, the gypsies. The gypsies have their big number and then it goes into Floretta. Okay. Because there, there was no song name, quote unquote, for the gypsies entrance. So I wasn't sure if that was considered. Like if, the, if you were to listen to this on, on the record... If the they would play the gypsy entrance and then also play, um, it probably, probably the same track. Probably the same track. Okay, good. Yeah, yeah. But that was amazing. You could see influences of other movies in this, and then right. what this did for future movies. 
Yeah. What, so what, like, okay. so like they had Ray Bulger famously uh-huh. playing the Scarecrow, uh-huh. and then the Forest of No Return had also talking trees. Come on. Oh, I didn't think about that. I didn't think um, well, they did say they did say that it was supposed to have Wizard of Oz um, qualities. I read that somewhere. That they that's what they wanted for this film. Yep. I mean, you had the explosion of color that's in yeah. Munchkin Land. It's interesting because reading the the original story of the operetta, it feels like there's it's set in two different worlds, but then a lot of the subsequent versions of them are only set in Toyland. Correct. Or the nursery rhyme land that's also with the toys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Because it feels like in this movie, they're calling Toyland the Toymaker's Workshop, but Mm -hmm. it also feels like their little village is Toyland. Am I wrong in saying that? No, I think their little village is Mother Gooseland. Their little village is Mother Gooseland. Okay. Toyland is is somewhere else. And I knew that song, too. Yeah, it's very famous. Toyland, Toyland. Yeah, I, when it came out, I was like, I know this song. Yeah. <laughs> I got That's, one. Herbert <laughs> said they didn't change. Um, but then, you know, with with her siblings, like is, is Mary's siblings, Bo Peep and the twins and all that? I think. I'm not sure if that's inaccurate or if she's, there, you know, just older and she is taking care of them i'm not sure because it felt like mother goose was their mom annette finicello was the eldest daughter Mm -hmm. and then all the kids were around the same age (laughs) yeah yeah i don't know i get maybe something important they're fairy tale (laughs) characters or nursery rhyme characters but it's it's funny because the twins have lines they're in a lot of the movie but they're uncredited Oh, really? Yep. Hmm. Yes. Yes, ma'am. But, and I think this is the only thing that they've done film wise. I know. Well, we got to look into it. Well, uh, well, you already looked into it. So that's, that's true. There's a lot. There's a lot of things. So this movie, uh, we said during Bed Nubs and Broomsticks that that was a commercial failure. This movie was also a commercial failure. Correct. And they repurposed it to play on the magical world of Disney, the TV program, and they cut it in half. So it was two episodes, quote unquote, even though it was one full movie. And I think that's how it became popular. I definitely watched it when it was on, because when we were growing up, when I was growing up, uh, I I think you were probably part of this too. Uh, They had every Sunday night, the magical world of Disney, and I—that's that's when I was introduced to it. We didn't have Disney when I was a kid. <laughs> it was not on Disney. It was on ABC. Oh, it was on. It was on seven o'clock. Seven o'clock. They would have a movie every every Sunday. That's when I. That's when I discovered um, Polly, which is another movie that I love. Um, uh, other, uh, Cinderella, the Cinderella, Brandy Cinderella. Actually, so yeah, you were you were uh, you were young enough. Oh, that's when they would show that. Maybe I did watch it. Maybe. Who knows? <laughs> Every it was like theater. Every Sunday night. I like definitely before. saw the Brandy Cinderella. Yes. Yes. That Who was the magic world of Disney. One? 
every Sunday night at seven o'clock. Okay, 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 okay. I never have seen this movie. I could tell you this version of this movie, like I said, I could tell you that. Okay, all right. So you played a wizard in this in this in the in the stage production, yes. Did any of these songs happen? Yeah. Um The March of Shoulders Soldiers. I don't I, I had look, truth be told, I had a terrible experience in the show. So I don't even have I don't even have the score. If I, I if I don't have the score, that means I want the I want the memory banished from my memory. Oh so, shit. Yeah, it was a tough it, like I had fun and I met a lot of great people and I got to sing and I got to, you know, I got to perform it. I, I, I hate this the most. I got this is my first this was the sorry, this is the second time that I performed at Avery Fisher Hall. So I feel like the whole experience kind of like tarnished it. <laughs> um, and I was like, I'm fucking done with this. So I threw away the score and I, I, I don't, I don't even know where it is. So I, I, I don't remember everything. So I don't know the operetta at all, really, <laughs> but knowing you, I think I would cast you as either the henchman, assuming they both talk in the stage version Either one of the henchmen, or maybe the toy maker. You would think I was definitely not the toy maker. Um, well, in my in my imaginary production of it, yeah, that's not, what I'm casting. Dengler played the toy make toy maker, I believe, or the toy maker's assistant. He was. Nah, you would you would not play the toy maker's assistant. You'd be the toy maker. Uh, no, I was, I was thinking of who played it. Uh, I, I'm trying to think who played Barnaby. We had a Barnaby, but I can't remember who. Did it? I'm sorry, I'm not casting you as Barnaby, but oh, I could well, see you playing more. I'm 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 a really good second banana, so yeah, the henchman the henchman would would work for me. Plus, maybe you get a song. I don't know how. It, I don't know. Again, I don't know how the operetta works. And now yeah. there's like millions of different versions of it. There are, yeah, including the damn Canaries version, unfortunately. So if we're gonna be doing this movie version on stage. I would have you play Gun- Gonzorgo. Rude. Um, <laughs> you get to sing yeah. so many songs. You're right. You're right. And I get, and I get to be the straight. I'm not gonna pull a Laurel and Hardy where it's like a big guy, little guy. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah. do it off of talent. <laughs> no, that that would be the role I would that I'd more likely play. Right, you're, and you get to right. you get to fucking sing slowly. He sank to the bottom of the sea. <laughs> That yeah, song I'm a, is hilarious. I'm a, I'm a I'm a better straight in in any duo than anything else. So I I'd happily do it. Yes. Um <laughs> and you get th- you get to have a whole character arc and everything. Yes. I get to sell someone to the gypsies. I get to have the I get to hatch the idea. You get to that was <laughs> interesting too. So wait, reading yeah. the IMDB, they say that they double cross um Barnaby mm-hmm. in the little summary. I wouldn't say that I wouldn't call that a double cross per se. They just figured they would have an opportunity to make a profit. It's the American way. It is the American way. Profit mm-hmm. off of off of other people. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh oh shit, what was I gonna say? Um, oh, my my favorite thing that I this movie also has one of my favorite devices that I love in any musical. I love when the villain hatches the idea in the song. Because <laughs> sometimes it happens where like they 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 come up with the idea and then they 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 sing about it. 
but like this, it happens during the song. Um, and also, they happen again. Another place that happens is in Annie. I love Easy Street. It's one of my favorite villain songs. Yes, they they yeah. hatch, they actually hatch the idea in the song, um, and they're rejoicing in it. It's so good. It's so. I guess they did that in. Did they do that in Prince of Egypt too? Um, what's a villain song in that? Yeah, I think they do. It's not Prince of Egypt. Um, you're, oh no, that's that. The, the villain song is that you're playing with the big boys now. So no, not not the Prince of Egypt. Um, Lion King, as well. Be prepared. Yep, he he patches the idea in the song. Yeah, 100%. yeah. You know what's funny? You're talking about we won't be happy till we get it. Mm-hmm. The name of the original song from the operetta is mm-hmm. "He won't be happy till he get it." Yeah, it's just the two of them. That's interesting that they just pluralized well, it. You had, you had, Ray Bolger was a star, and you had to give him something. And what a beautiful scene, like the way that they're just dancing and rejoicing in that attic. It's so like it's so well staged. <laughs> I love also I love that this is filmed on a sound stage. It's so good. It's film it's filmed on a sound stage and it's made to look like a theater in the beginning yeah. and the end. Yeah, yeah. It's so smart. And you can tell that it was that there was a lot of money thrown into this. Correct. And it's unfortunate that they didn't make it back, but that's neither, that's not my problem. <laughs> I think I saw the figures. They made, they made a few million. They made, I think if I'm, if my memory serves me right, they made 4.6 million. That's, which is low, but I might be wrong. Well, in 1960 time, that's a lot of money. A lot of money. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to, if I still have the screen pulled up, I'll, I'll, let me take a look. Um, I do not have the screen pulled up. Okay. So, Jason. Yes. Let's get to Sharp and Flat then. All right. Since you kind of already started it. Sharp. Flat. So obviously, if we like something, it's sharp. And if we don't like something, according to this movie, it's flat. I know you said that you love We Won't Be Happy Till We Get It, but is that your sharp moment or is there more? Oh my, there's so many sharp moments for this. I, I, again, I, I just think that the way it's constructed is so well done. It's so theatrical, the whole thing. But my favorite songs might be, we'll be happy till we get it. Yeah, that's my faves. I love Floretta. Mm-hmm. I love Toyland. Also, not a song, but can we talk about the toy maker scene for a minute? I'm a little Which obsessed. Which scene? The, to- the initial, when we meet the toy maker and the assistant. When he breaks the first invention? I'm obsessed with that scene. And I was more obsessed with it watching it again this weekend because it was a great way to introduce those characters. And it's comedy that's steeped in such a real thing. How the how the older generation doesn't respect the younger generation. <laughs> it's, such, it's such a great moment how he keeps saying that I remember I'm the toy maker and you're just my assistant. And he takes, he hijacks his whole, his whole experiment. And it's, it's such, it's such comedy based in such a deep, real issue. And it follows the rule of threes when it comes to comedy, right? Because he says it it three times. It's clowning perfection. The the whole scene, the way the scene's written is, is a hundred percent classic clowning. Although I did feel bad for Grumio when Edwin destroys the machine. I was yeah. like, no, all your hard work. Claims him for it. 
And then he blames him. And it's like, <laughs> obvious. I know that you would do this because you're of that generation, but no. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with you. A sharp for me is Edwin. When he's yes. not an asshole, though. Yeah. I also really loved the gypsy dance, mm. the rhyming dialogue that happens. Did you notice that? With Gonzago and Rodrigo? Yeah. Yeah. And if, Not now, I, tomorrow when the spelling goes down. I love, I love those li- like lines like that. Well, because is it only them that rhyme or is it everyone? Now that I'm trying to remember. Not everyone. Not everyone rhymes. Okay. But I was just like, oh my God. Well, if I remember, if I remember correctly, in in the book of the of the of the production that I did, we all rhymed in speak. <gasps> I love that. It's possible that that's part of the book. The original. I love that I personally. Again, I told you I blocked it out. So, <laughs> <laughs> and then another sharp for me is pussyfooting. Oh my god! <laughs> I. <laughs> I, I can't emphasize enough that I was watching it and then he said, let's pussyfoot out of here. And I was like, <laughs> the first time he said, I was just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and then they do that, that slow yeah. creep away. And I was just like, this is insane. And, and I, the way that they disappear behind the trees and everything. It's... Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> Genius. Stroke yeah. of genius. Uh, I know you love this movie. Do you have any flats, though? Zero flats. Zero I have flats. No flats for this movie. Like, this movie, it, it's a, it, to me, it's perfection. I meant, so my flats that I wrote down are the length of Castle in Spain and the shootout. Just felt like it could be okay. a little shorter, a little tighter. Okay. That's it. That's it. This, this movie was fantastic. Ah, really, really fantastic movie. I I love that you didn't know about it till now. Well, I mean, I knew most of my life. I knew the story, obviously, ish, but I didn't know this version of the story. Okay. Okay. Um, Okay. So I asked you last time, and I'm going to ask you again would you add any of the songs from the movie, not the operetta, the movie, to your life's playlist? Uh, I love Castle in Spain. Interesting. Okay. <laughs> uh, a friend of mine in, in, in when I was in conservatory, uh, she she always thought that I should sing it. Uh, so I sang it once in school. Uh, it's a great song. <laughs> I, I just love it. I feel like you should you should sing at some point. So he sang to the bottom of the sea. <laughs> maybe if i could find the music I, I stumbled on the music for, for castle in spain so uh if i find the music for that i will i will i will record it for you as much as i kind of peed on not shadow on i peed on it uh floretta for the ending mm-hmm. i did i'm gonna add it to my life's playlist fun as well as i can't do the sum after watching that scene i was i was just like i feel seen I, this is. And it looks like someone's TikTok today, doesn't it? Yes. <laughs> yes, it does. Save the 6%. It, it feels like you're in someone's TikTok or when there's like all of them dancing at once. Oh my God. <laughs> I want to have four, like five other me's harmonizing at the same time, oh. talking about how I don't know how to balance my life mm-hmm. and my bank account. Mm-hmm. 
because I can't. <laughs> Story of our lives. Uh, yes, I was just like, this is everything I needed, and then they, and then uh, so so we t- I talked about how um, the trees were obviously influenced by uh, wow. Wizard of Oz. Since this movie came out first, they influenced Mary Poppins with that song in the mirror moment. Oh, oh maybe. And they pulled the same trick. Let's be real here. Not really, because the, in Mary Poppins, it, it, it's a, it's a mal, it's a, I, I've been fucking up this word all weekend, so correct me when I say it wrong. Uh, a malevolent, ma- malevolent, malevolent. You said it right oh, the first I said time. Right the first time. Okay, I've been going between the two between all all weekend. I'm like, I corrected myself, and I, I whatever. Um, <laughs> uh, um, um, that type of character. <laughs> In Mary Poppins. Yeah, because she's because she's cheeky. Oh, well, yes, but like the the technological trick. I mean, is the oh same. Yeah, 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 yeah. Where you have you you're looking in a mirror and then you in real life look away and your reflection is still staring out. I was like, yeah, and look and and coming for you. I was like, I see you, Disney. You you did. I, I see you coming for the same, the, doing the same gag and everything. Yeah, yeah. But Jason. Yes, dear. We are at the end. Oh my goodness, it happened so quickly. This is it. I'm sorry. Is there anything you want to plug or promote again? <laughs> but again, you can reach me on social medias at Jason L. Kerr uh, uh, on Instagram, Facebook, uh, or um, Twitter, J- at J-A-Y-S-O-N-L-K-E-R-R. Or if you stumble upon my profile on Scruff, say uh-huh. hello and call me pretty. Um, we can't meet, but I would love to. I love to say that. If you don't know how to spell his name by now, shame on you. Shame. For shame. Shame. Shame, Bell. <laughs> if you want to reach out to the pod, uh, <laughs> you can email me at buttasongpod at gmail.com and on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at buttasongpod. If you want to weigh in your thoughts on what movie did we just talk about? Babes in Toyland. <laughs> God bless. God bless. <laughs> Sorry. We were, I was so like into Ray Bulger and Annette Funicello and dancing and pussyfooting and all that. It was the pussyfooting that got you. Uh, it was the pussyfooting that, that caught me up. You can weigh in on your thoughts about pussyfooting if you want. Or you can say, hey, you guys are idiots. This movie sucks. And we will ignore you. Uh... <laughs> exactly. And if you want to be part of the conversation for the next episode, we're going to be talking about A Little Night Music. I have a very special guest lined up for that one, so don't miss out. Well, Godspeed. So, Jason, let's pussyfoot away from... from pussyfoot! P- pussyfoot away from this podcast. Bye, guys! Bye! Special thanks to Justin Johnson for creating the podcast's artwork and to Nick Bombasino for composing the theme song and the jingles in this podcast. And thank you to CastBox for hosting this podcast. Bye again, everyone, and have a musical day. <laughs>